0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Harping On Podcast, I'm Harper and this week um, we've got a really exciting guest, um, you know, something I haven't really done before, Uh, I've talked to a lot of people that are trying to get drafted, but I've talked to someone this week that's um, been in the AFL system for a long time as a player and as a coach, Um, AFL Hall of Famer for sure, Mark Choco-Williams, Premiership player for Port Adelaide, Collingwood, Premiership coach for um, Port Adelaide and... He's done a lot of work, been involved in a lot of really successful clubs, um, most recently Melbourne um, and their flag success this year. Uh, Yeah, so it should be a a really cool episode. I hope you guys um, enjoy that and I'm hoping to get some other really cool um, people like Mark that are um, interested in being on the podcast to have a chat with me um, next year and uh, hopefully um, before this year is done as well. Also, I just wanted um, to say congratulations to everyone that got drafted last week um, and especially to the people that uh, I've had the opportunity of talking to. Uh, A lot of the boys that I talked to did um, find themselves on an AFL list, which is awesome. I'm wrapped for them and I'm so excited to see um, how they go in the years to come. So congratulations. Now to the episode. Thanks.
1: G'day Mark, thank you very much for um, coming on today, I really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, well it's uh, always good to help out some young guys that have some drive about them and uh, one of the things that make a footballer is uh, if you got some up and go, so
1: good luck with it. Thank you very much. Um, so when you uh, first started playing footy, um, whereabouts did you play your junior football? I know you, um, you were born in South Australia. Yeah, South Australia.
2: They don't play uh, local teams, so you play for the school. And so um, I played for our school. Uh, our school was uh, a pretty uh, small school. It had uh, it was co-ed, so we had half the people were girls. So we're going against big schools. You might have heard of Sacred Heart, Ross, Trevor, PAC. They're all um, they're all uh, all boy schools. So uh, you know we had to be pretty good, but. Um, uh, the three years I played in the senior team there, we, uh, we only lost two and then one, and then, uh, only one year ever we went through undefeated was when I was captain and my uh, twin brother played and a couple of other good players, and so that was a great, uh, highlight for, uh, for junior footy. At the same time, I was playing for West Adelaide under-17s and under-19s, um, and then, uh, when I was 17, I made the senior, AF- uh, senior SNFL West Adelaide side, so, uh, I started playing at 17, so, um, yeah,
1: I've been in footy for a long time. Yeah, and I know you, when you played for, um, Port in the SANFL. I know you've got, uh, your dad, um, coached there, and I saw that he was, like, uh, referred to as one of, like, the fathers of the footy club. How was that pathway, um, from West Adelaide and the school into, um, Port at such a young age?
2: Yeah, my dad, uh, he coached for 21 years, won nine premierships in that time, and, uh, he, uh, you know, he's a legend in the AFL and uh, Hall of Fame and all that sort of stuff. And if you go to Adelaide Oval, one of the grandstands named after him. His name's uh, Foster or Foss Williams. He was captain and, and also coach of South Australia. Played thirty-five state games. So he's very inspiring. And uh, you know, as a kid, we uh, we got to watch him coach and uh, go in the rooms at halftime and after the game and have players at our place and. So, uh, you know, we're very much, um, uh, footy was our lifestyle, and that's kind of all we did. And uh, so it was, it was kind of natural that uh, if we were any good, we would uh, follow his footsteps. And thankfully, uh, you know, he taught us well.
1: Yeah, and then, so, obviously, you would have been, you know, being surrounded by players um, and coaches and being around the footy club all the time as a kid. um, You would have just loved it, being around um, and experiencing, you know, winning premierships um, that your dad would have coached? Yeah, yep. we, uh,
2: Port Adelaide have won 36 premierships and 22 of them uh, have been either my brothers or myself or my uh, my dad. So uh, it's a very famous uh, football family at uh, Port Adelaide and, you know, something we're really proud of. Um, the idea of seeing winning and being around winning is, uh, is kind of good. Uh, I assume if you take it all the way to where I am now, Melbourne, you know, getting me to Melbourne was a little bit of, wait uh, a minute, that guy's won a few
1: things and knows how to win and uh, and maybe he can help as well with um, a team that hasn't been winning uh, for a long time. Yeah and then I guess I'm jumping forward a little bit here but when you um started coaching Port in uh, the late 90s I think 97 how, how proud would have you like been um, it would have been an amazing experience you know your dad's done it and you played for the club and um now you get to coach him how was that for you?
2: Yeah, it was a great honour, you know, I was uh, lucky enough to uh, get coached by some wonderful uh, coaches. My dad actually coached me at, uh, when I first started, so that, that was kind of unique. But uh, then I you know, got coached by Tommy Hafey when I come to Collingwood. And uh, then I spent time with Sheeds when I was at, um, I coached Essendon uh, Seconds when Lloyd and Lucas were only 16 and 17. So I had some great experiences uh, learning from uh, some really good coaches. Yeah. So uh, to to get the opportunity um, uh, to coach uh, my own team, uh, that was dream come true, really. But uh, I I am a phys ed teacher, so I, I actually learned how to teach, and that's probably helped me in the best um, uh, position being a coach because I you have to deal with so many kids and try and get them all to uh, get on the same page and try and get them to improve and they're all of different abilities and uh, all, all things similar to what you have to do uh, when you're a
1: coach as well. And then you talked about just um Tom Hafey and um, Kevin Sheedy as well. Is that a big, you know, you talked about your teaching um being a major learning curve in your coaching. Um, Is it hard to, you know, just put it down to just one thing and there's so many little things that you pick up along the way over many years that gets you to still be a coach, you know, um, you started in the late 90s and you're still coaching now?
2: Yeah, you have to be uh, uh, interested in learning. You have to keep your eyes open and, uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, I was, you know, I sent the uh, CEO of Melbourne a, a little thing. I was watching CNN last night and the Green Bay Packers are selling memberships uh, to owning the club. It's a it's a, um, it's a promotion to try and, um, you know, raise some money and, and do some building around the place. I mean, you know, we're, we're going to start... Uh, building at Melbourne and you know just throw those ideas he can pick it up or not but uh, I keep my eyes and ears open and uh, you know to to find and adapt and, and um, change but uh, use someone else's ideas uh, that become adapted to yours I think is really smart as well because you don't invent everything yourself but if you can learn from others and um, maybe change it a little bit and it becomes yours um, uh, that's pretty smart as well
1: yeah for sure is that is that something that you've tried to like teach um because you've had a role of, as a development coach for um, many years is that something that you try and um push across in your developmental role
2: yeah most of the time i've been uh, uh, a mentor for the other coaches as well so there's a lot of coaches you know craig McCrae just got the job i coached him when he was uh, 17 and 18 at glen Earl when i first started coaching and then when I was at uh, Richmond, uh, he became one of the coaches there, and I was um, in charge of mentoring him for a couple of years. And now he's a senior coach. Uh, obviously, Stuart Dew and um, Alistair Clarkson and uh, Damien Hardwick uh, you know Matty Primus and Phil Walsh and uh, Dean Bailey. There's a, there's a whole lot of players. Uh, sorry, players players and um, and certainly coaches that have uh, worked with me that are now senior coaches or have been and. I'm pretty proud of that as well because they obviously see the, the method, the way it happens, the way that you connect with uh, players, and uh, also the innovation you bring into the into the group that um, inspires people uh, and makes it a good environment to uh, a happy environment for learning.
1: On a more of a um, day-to-day basis, because I'm sure most people um, listening wouldn't really under, wouldn't know. Um, when you say you mentor coaches and stuff what does that really involve on on a game day or maybe a training and stuff like that
2: uh just picking up little things uh, mostly encouraging that was fantastic well done uh, have you thought about this uh, uh we haven't done this for a while uh, i think we need to do this or it might be uh say adam uzay or uh troy chaplin both mentioned for uh for jobs uh, in recent times and very good coaches so one of the things that you haven't done uh what are the things that you need to experience uh how we're we going to um put that in to the program that not only helps you help the players but uh, helps you help yourself to become even uh, more um you know viable uh, interest as a senior coach sometime in the future
1: yeah and then um i know i'm backtracking a little bit here but when you finished playing um in the S N F L for Port Adelaide and then you moved to Collingwood in the V F L, um, how was that pathway? How did you get recruited by Collingwood, and how did they um lure you away from um the club that you've had so much to do with, and your family has? Yeah, well, we actually
2: won two premierships the first two years I was there, so I was pretty happy about that. But uh, uh the uh, in my mind, the aspect of seeing um if I was good enough to play against the best players was um. Was high on my agenda. I, I made the All Australian side in 1980, um, so to go to Collingwood in '81, and then I played for Victoria after four games, which was amazing uh, against West Australia in Perth. Um, won the prim- Well, we come second that year, and I won the best and fairest. So uh, it, it was it was just a, a dream come true to to be involved in so much of that. Um, uh, such a great club, such a big club. And, uh, you know, Port is a big club in Adelaide. Collingwood was the uh, same thing, the same position. Uh, you know, everyone hated you, but um, but the, uh, the supporters that uh, followed you. Uh, but, you know, I uh, I really enjoyed that. And uh, uh, eventually, you know, I was um, appointed captain after a few years there as well. So, you know, those were, were some of the thrills of my uh, footy career.
1: Um, I know you talked about just then. Uh, you said you played versus the uh, Victoria in a, in the state of origin games. Um, is that something that you think uh, should be brought back now, or what's your position on that?
2: Yeah, well, uh, uh, there are certainly, um, uh, great great occasions for a player to get to play against and with the best players in the whole league. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed them. You know, as a coach, you certainly yeah. Uh, uh, when you got to coaching you thought gee, you wouldn't want your best players to get injured uh, because um, that would be uh, devastating for the you know, the whole franchise of your team but um, uh, in the scheme of things I think the, the public like it um, if you promote it well I coached uh, it was called the Dream Team versus Victoria I think in, nine, uh, in 2008 we played at the MCG, we had 75,000 people there and it was a fantastic match and you know, the, the players loved it, you know. To this day, you know, I coached Andrew McLeod and I coached Buddy Franklin and, you know, those sort of players uh, on one side. And, um, you know, I, to get that opportunity, again, uh, you know, they uh, boyhood dreams and, uh, you know, when they come reality,
1: it's just you have to pinch yourself. So lucky to be there. Yeah, for sure. So maybe something like the... Uh the bushfire fundraiser, something a bit, you know, a bit less serious, but um, it's still a great spectacle for the fans. Yeah. Um, and then... No, I, I don't mind the idea that it's actually a
2: competition, though. We're playing you and you're playing them and they're playing them and they're playing them. Now, when you fit it in, who knows, you know, we, we used to do it at the end of the season and uh, over two weekends. And,
1: uh, you know, that was, that was huge. Yeah.
2: They were called carnivals, carnivals.
1: Um, and then when you finished playing, I think you retired in the end of 1992, and then you um, started coaching Glenelg in 1993. Um, how was that transition from finishing playing footy to coaching um, so quickly, or were you doing some other stuff at the back end of your career? No. I, as I said, I was a teacher, so to be able
2: to coach was, I don't know if you understand it, but it's almost exactly the same. So... Um, I, The transition was pretty simple for me. It was, um, you know, still out to plan and preparation is so important uh, to get the right result. But um, uh, I actually started Glenelg just when uh, the Crows came in. So they lost about five or six of their best players to the Crows, which was tough. But um, uh, I enjoyed it. You know, we made the finals those two years I was there. And then uh, uh, luckily enough, Sheets asked me to come and work with him. So... um, I, uh, and I
1: took that opportunity. Then we talked about how when you started coaching um Port uh, before, but in the early two thousands um you know there was a lot of talked about you know Port's um choking and all that type of stuff. Do, was there ever a thought of you know maybe this won't happen? Of well, obviously it did in two thousand and four, but you know um two thousand two, two thousand three. Was there ever that thought um cross your mind or the playing group's mind? I'm um, sure it did, but
2: um yeah. It might have a fleeting moment, but you have to push that aside and look at uh, where you're going. You know, um, I'm a person that looks forward, not backwards, so uh, each opportunity is uh, a new new, uh, challenge for us. And, um, you know, people don't give Port Adelaide the respect they deserve, but, uh, you know, everyone talks of Brisbane being uh, the great side of that era, but we beat them more than they beat us. And, you know, we won a grand final against them and a night grand final when they kind of counted, um you know we've they never finished top of the ladder once uh, we won the most games in uh, five years that uh, anyone had won and you know uh, no team had won 16 games or more four years in a row in the history of the game and we were the youngest side coming in so you have to uh, you know right now if, if I'm saying to you you think of GWS or uh, or the Suns coming in and in their uh, you know, in in a very short period of time, they win the most games for five years. Uh, period. It's like, wow, you're kidding. Uh, you know, Fremantle been in longer than Port, but um, uh, they haven't won anything. And you know, so I'm very proud of what we uh, achieved, uh, even though we only won one premiership.
1: You yeah, know, as you should be. To uh, I imagine just winning one, most people don't get to do that in their whole career, let alone you know being one of the best sides for um a mul- multiple years. Um, and then when you left port, you know, you went to the Giants, worked with Kevin Sheedy, like you, um, like you said, and then you went to Richmond, um, and people have talked about, like, you know, you were, um, pretty close with Dusty and did a lot to work with him in his, um, within his development. Can you talk us through like a bit, um, how you did that with, uh, Dusty? Uh, look, Dusty and
2: I probably come from different sides of town, but, uh, the fact of the matter is that, uh, he's a terrific young man and, I have five kids. So I would invite Dustin over, you know, every, uh, every week he'd come over and have tea with us <clears throat> and, um, you know, mix with my kids who are similar age to him. Lots of them are anyway. And, uh, they'd muck around together and play different games and, uh, you know, whether they were, you know, just pool and table tennis and you know, basketball or any of those sort of things or online games and, uh, and just feel like he's part of the family. And, you know, I, um, uh, I got to mix with his, uh, his dad and his mom who, are you know, weren't with him, but, uh, were uh, loving from a distance and, you know, um, you know, that their appreciation and, uh, and understanding of what I was, uh, helping Dustin with was terrific as well. So, um, you yeah, know, that was, that was nice to, to hear from them. And, you know, Dustin to this day, we're very close friends still. And, uh, you know I, I went and visited him just the other day just to check up on him with his um, you know after his injury <coughs> and he seems to be coming along pretty good and you know to do what he's done in footy is just outstanding and you know there was times when everyone uh, doubted him there was people that thought he couldn't you know speak in uh, in public and i i remember taking dustin with my uh, young son to caulfield grammar and uh, we uh we did his first ever public speaking and teach him how to do that better and you know now to see him on ads on tv and and uh you know uh representing different uh major major corporations uh you know very proud of what he's done and you know he set himself up for life and he's going to uh you know he's got a a great future
1: in front of him yeah no that's very that's very very cool Uh, I,
2: i suppose the other thing is that uh you know, we we had a, a great coaching group there. Uh, it was Ross Smith there and Danny Daly, uh, who's up in Brisbane, and you know the other Mark Williams. He was uh, terrific, and we we all worked really hand in hand to uh, to get that group going. You know, uh, we started to win a lot of games. Unfortunately, uh, you know the assistant coaches all got the flick when uh, it, it was looking like Dimmer might have got the flick. But uh, I think twelve of the uh, the young guys that I had in the um, in the development group, they went on to be premiership players, and you know I get as much joy watching you know Jaden Short and uh, Dan Butler and Jason Castagna and uh, Kane, Kane uh, Lambert and Ivan uh, Soldo and you know all, um, all, all of these blokes. It's just unreal to to think that uh, they started where they did, they had so many doubts and uh, anxiety about where they might finish, and and now they're. Uh, premiership or, or triple premiership players and
1: wow that's unreal yeah no that's very very cool um i'm sure that's like you know as a development coach or just as a coach in general that's your um that's your job and to see it uh play out like it did um would have been an awesome feeling and then you moved to melbourne um or you had a you went to werribee and then now um at melbourne and obviously everyone knows what's melbourne has done this year which has been um incredible and how have you found, uh, well, obviously, you won the flag Um, know, in t- this year, but you got there in 2020, did you? Yeah,
2: I got there about this time, almost today, a year ago. <coughs> so, um, yeah, I was just out of the blue that I got a call. Um, Alan Richardson rang. He, he actually was an ex-student of mine at Scoresby High School, so how about that? Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's now my boss, so th- things changed in the world. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I got the opportunity, and uh, I was in charge of their first- to third-year players. You know, on grand final day, six of those were playing in the team, so that was um, a, a great thing to see that, you know, there's eight under-21s uh, still at the club, you know, so th- therefore, um, uh, you know, the prospect of the team... Uh, you know staying together and going further is, is certainly there. We, we've got a great uh, group of young players and you know, the older players and uh, you know the best ones you hear, the all Australians and all that. Uh, the amount of work they want to do and how, how much they want to get better you know, was an indication of where they ended up and uh, certainly a reflection of it. but
1: you know, now as the test is to, to be able to do that again. Yeah, no, that's it is incredible though. I, like, uh, I love the story of um Jake Bowie, who's only played, I think it's about seven games, played in seven wins and a premiership. Um, that I just find that um incredible. Yeah, yeah, and uh, again,
2: uh, sitting in those rooms, talking and telling the s- stories about those uh, Richmond players and giving uh, the Melbourne players the confidence to go, hey, they're no different to you. Uh, yeah. it's up to you. And uh, again. Uh, Fairy tale you know. If you look at the the way that the uh, round, I don't know, twenty three down at Geelong, and Max kicking the goal after Siren after being forty points down, and then backing up and beating Brisbane, and then you know uh, the four, third quarter against Geelong over in Perth, where Max kicks four goals, and uh, you know the f- five minutes before three quarter time against uh, the Bulldogs in the grand final, all, all of those things are just
1: amazing. Yeah um yeah no it is amazing it was an amazing season um from the days um and just before i let it go i just i have to ask you about um one thing i've heard a lot about um you always wanting to drive skill levels and um some of your kicking drills i've heard kane corns talk about how you've uh, had a car driven around um i think it's Eden oval um with the sunroof open trying to get folks uh, to kick footies into this roof um what is it about uh you know are there any other drills that you love doing um to drive uh skill standards uh, look, uh,
2: uh, part of my uh, coaching, when I was a... Uh, <clears throat> my uh, three boys, I coached them all the way through. So I... <clears throat> probably for 14 or 15 years, I coached uh, the kids at school as well as uh, the AFL team. And it was, um, you know, once a week I'd coach them. And then I, if I was uh, home on the weekend, I'd coach them uh, from you know, grade three or four, whatever it was in Adelaide. So... Um, I noticed that teachers and parents and uh, and uh, you know other coaches really didn't know how to teach kicking, so I invented a ball called the Sharon Precision. It's got a line on it. Now I don't know if you've seen it, but um, uh, we at Melbourne we use them all the time. And uh, you know if you look online, you'll see so many of them. But if people look up Mark Williams Champion Teams on YouTube, there's a whole lot of videos that teach people how to kick. And uh, I'm right into making sure that if you can't kick, you can't play. If you can't win, uh, if you can't win one on one, you can't play. If you're not smart, you can't play. And if you're not fit enough, fast or uh, distance runner, you can't play either. And that's I'm talking that you know serious AFL. So those four things get you drafted. Uh, But if you can't kick, it's just not going to work for you. So um, I'm into uh, teaching kicking. But then I'm also being the teacher and a phys ed teacher, knowing that. You have to entertain people. You can't do the same drills, and you can't say the same thing. <clears throat> uh, in the, you can change it up a little bit, change the way, change the routine, change the, um, uh, you know, the competition of it, all of those things, and uh, the players will do it for hours and hours, and that's when they get good. So, uh, I'm passionate about it. You know, that driving around and trying to kick into something. Uh, or,
1: it's just like, um, you know, trying to hit a target anywhere, everyone loves to do it, so um, uh, invent something that people uh, will, will keep at and have fun with. Yeah, 100%. I, there's nothing more um, that I love than watching a good kicking football team and nothing more that I hate than watching, you know, horrible kicking. Anyway, um, thank you so much, Mark, for your time. I really appreciate it. You've been super generous um, with your time today. And, uh, yeah, good luck for Melbourne for the season and um, for everything else you've got coming uh, for you for the future. Yes, and I think you've done a terrific
2: job um, as a young man moving along. So uh, uh, Bruce McAvaney is a friend of mine. You know, he talks about he started at the uh, the dogs at uh, Ankle Park, and uh, he used to call those. And, and uh, you know, where he's finished up with the Olympics and all the footy and all the racing now. You know, you have to have that sort of passion. So um, why not you? And uh, just like the footballers. It's not easy. You have to work hard at it, and there's a there's a fair bit, you know, fair few want to want to do it as well, but not everyone sticks at it. So uh, good
1: luck, and uh, uh, when you get to it, send me a copy of this. Thank you very much. I uh, will do. Thanks heaps, Mark. Right, See you later. See you later. Thank you.
0: Thanks heaps for listening to this episode of the harping on podcast i hope you enjoyed make sure to go over to the instagram at harping on underscore give it a follow and leave me some feedback and also give us a follow on the tiktok as well at harping dot on thanks heaps see you next time